The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Roto World Football Podcast. This is our final Thursday podcast of the season, heading into week 17. Just like every other one, we'll be joined by Nick Minzio to talk about the best starts of the week, especially from a DFS perspective as we kind of get away from season long here. And Rich Rebard will do the same, talking about his worksheet column, which is a must-read column every single week. It's on rotorworld.com right now, so check that out. Before we get to all of that, however, I would like to mention the best way to help the podcast. We're going to keep going in the offseason. The format's going to change for sure, but we're going to keep going. We'll talk a lot about the playoffs and, and those matchups. We'll talk about the NFL draft for sure, which is how this podcast started last spring. So if you like that stuff, Make sure you stay subscribed. If you're not subscribed right now, subscribe wherever you find the podcast. And also, rate and review. That helps other people find the show, and we very much appreciate it. So if you can do that, uh, we would we would like that quite a bit. All right, with that out of the way, let's get to the action. What's going on, Nick? What's up, Ray? Last one of the year, man. Last one. We we have we have made it to Week 17. And, and as I said, I hope you're not playing in a season-long league. I know there are some leagues that... You know, they're points only, and they go to Week 17. I know there's some leagues that that have the two-week championship game, which I kind of like a little bit. I, I wish it didn't go to Week 17, but I kind of liked it. But for for most everybody, you just you can't be playing this week. It's going to be a crazy week, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, back in the day, I mean, probably as as late as last year, maybe two years before that, my college buddies' league used to go through Week 17, and it was just a total crapshoot. You know, I mean, it was just awful. And thankfully, this year it didn't it didn't do that. Yeah, I don't think I'm in any. I don't actually don't know if, if MFLs go to week 17. I, I don't know if they do or not, but those would be the only ones. So I am I'm not in any. I, I try to avoid them at all costs. But DFS is, is still a lot of fun in week 17. And so we'll certainly hit hit on some of that. And let's get started with some news. And, and we'll start with Thomas Rawls, who, despite sitting out the second half last week, he was able to practice on Wednesday. Coach Pete Carroll said that he's going to be fine. I mean, Rawls is going up against the 49ers, a, a matchup that's so good that when I didn't think he was going to play this week, I was actually considering Alex Collins, who I just don't think is very good at football, but I was considering using him because I think the 49ers matchup is that good. So how highly can we value Rawls this week? Yeah, I mean, I'm scared of Rawls. I mean, he was my cover boy last week. I told you before we came on air, he it, it, hurt, it hurt me bad last week. I played him in DFS all over the place. He got eight yards rushing. I think he finished with, didn't even play the second half. 
Uh, man, I, I'm scared to go back, but like you said, this matchup's just way too good. I think the 49ers have allowed, what, 1,100-yard rushers this season and a couple to on the same team in the same week. So there's a ton There's a ton here, and the Seahawks are playing for seeding purposes. So, I mean, if, if Rawls is going to be in there, I wouldn't mind taking another stab at him at all. Yeah, I mean, they've given up at least 11 standard fantasy points to at least one running back in every game since that week one shutout of, of the Rams, including to Todd Gurley last week, which giving up that many points to Todd Gurley these days is is certainly a, a slap in the face to your defense. The offensive line's a disaster. I don't think that Rawls is very good, and he certainly has been up and down recently. Not that I don't think he's a good player, but he hasn't been as good. Maybe the injuries are, are taking a toll, but I think he's going to eat this week, and he will be in several, several of my DFS lineups. Another guy that's going to be in several of my DFS lineups it's Jacquez Rogers. You know, Doug Martin, it just announced before we came on air, we record this on a Wednesday, that he's facing a four-game suspension. He's going to get to a treatment facility to get help, which which obviously we wish him the best. Charles Sims was placed on injured reserve with a pectoral injury. It sure seems like Rogers is going to start and see a lot of work. And what, by the way, is probably his final game with the Bucs. I mean, he, he signed just a one-year contract. And he's if he's able to perform well, maybe he's able to get some some you know some a pretty decent contract out there in free agency. So how are you valuing him this week? Yeah, Rogers, I feel like has a lot to play for, even though these two teams have what nothing to play for. I know the Bucks are still mathematically alive, but they're going to need like a tie or something like that. They're not going to make the playoffs. But in the three games without Martin and uh, Sims earlier this year, I think Rogers had what thirty carries against Carolina that one game, and he gets Carolina again this week. So. His uh his workload is just gonna be it's gonna be there and what do they have behind him Peyton Barber Russell Hansborough I think are the the next two healthy backs so they could just feed Rodgers in this one maybe take a look at those youngsters but I mean I I, I definitely see Rodgers getting 20 touches this game so I, I like that call a lot for DFS lineups he's super cheap at 5200 on Fanduel yeah and I I do worry about Peyton Barber I'm not worried about Russell Hansborough at all. But I am I am a little worried about Peyton Barber, maybe them trying to see what they have in them. But And I know there are people that like Peyton Barber uh, quite a bit. I, I, I'm not one of those people. I think he's fine. He's a fine back, but I, I don't think he's special. So I think that'll be what I watch in the news over here over the last you know part of the week. Are we seeing like signs they're going to use Peyton Barber as a lead back? If that's the case, then I'll move away from this. But when he's seen at least 15 carries, Jacquez Rogers has been a bankable fantasy asset. I think he's going to get that work again this week. You mentioned he had 30 carries last time he played the Panthers. So it's it's an interesting spot for him. And and like you said, the Bucks, they're not out of it. I mean, they you they do need a tie between the Giants and Redskins, which would be the second tie for the Redskins this season. So that's almost certainly not going to happen, but they're going into the game at least with a shot. So maybe that maybe that leads to them uh, playing Rodgers a little more teams that there are some teams in week 17 as there are every week 17 who have absolutely nothing to play for there are several playoff teams that just absolutely cannot help their seeding we have the Cowboys we have the Giants we have the Steelers and Texans who are locked into their seed no matter what happens this week and we've already started to hear a few rumors about these teams first it's not even a rumor with the Steelers coach Mike Tomlin came out and said Ben Roethlisberger Le'Veon Bell Antonio Brown are not going to play Ben McAdoo came out and said that Eli Manning and Odell Beckham will play, but he would not bite on on how long they'll be out there. It could be almost like a fourth preseason game for those guys, or we don't really know. So how are you approaching each of these situations from from a fantasy, both season long and kind of a DFS perspective? I know for the Steeler, from the Steelers standpoint, I know people on Twitter are like, why why not D'Angelo Williams? Why not D'Angelo Williams? I mean, this guy hasn't played in like almost two months. He's had a knee injury. 
I don't know if he went underwent surgery on it. I have no clue, but it might have been some cleanup procedure, like a scope or something like that. Yeah, but, he did. It was it was a scope, and he has played one snap, I think, since week eight. I looked that up. Yeah, I mean, there's no way you can trust running him out there. I mean, he's not healthy. There's no reason to even play him because he's a veteran as well. And I mean, I like Fitzgerald Toussaint as a minimum price to play on on Fanduel for sure. Yeah, I like it a lot, and I think if you look at the the receiving core there. It is Landry Jones, and so you're not at all excited about using uh, any of their receivers. But Ladarius Green practiced on Wednesday. Sammy Coates practiced on Wednesday. I'd kind of be surprised if they send Ladarius Green out there in a meaningless game. But mm-hmm. Coates needs the reps. Maybe they send him out there. Eli Rogers coming off of his big game against the Ravens made a couple big catches. There's some value to be had here in this game. And on the other side with the Giants, I mean, wouldn't it make perfect sense to let Paul Perkins get the reps? I mean, if he's been more effective than Rashad Jennings, what you're worried about is is you like the veteran a little bit better, especially in pass protection. Okay, well, get Paul Perkins the reps. Get him out there in a game that doesn't mean anything, especially once Eli Manning's out of the game so you're not as worried about pass protection. I, I kind of like Paul Perkins a little bit this week. What do you think about that? Yeah, I like that call a lot. I mean, the Redskins' run defense has just been brutal, too. I mean, they're not stopping the run at all. They allowed over 100 yards to Jordan Howard again last week, who looked like he was going to be a victim of game flow, but he still got his yards. And uh, I, I, like, I like that Perkins call a lot. He's had 15 carries, 11 carries, and 15 carries in his last three games. He's getting touches. If they don't play Jennings as much as they normally do, then it'll probably be Perkins and Bobby Rainey. Bobby Rainey playing some pass game re- pass game snaps, so... I like that Perkins call out. He's he's dirt cheap, stone minimum on Fandle, so you could you could run him out there for sure. Another team who could end up resting some stars is the Cowboys. They have been adamant that they're not going to do that, that they're going to keep Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott on the field. But we already saw Elliott take some time off in the fourth quarter last week against the Lions. He could hit the bench even earlier against the Eagles. With that as a possibility. Are you at all interested in Darren McFadden this week? Yeah, I love Darren McFadden as, a, as an under-the-radar play. I don't think as many people are going to be on him as there are on like Fitzgerald Toussaint and like Paul Perkins, as you just mentioned. Maybe even Byron Marshall for the Eagles on the other side of this, but he's not too attractive. But, I mean, McFadden, what, 14 carries last week? I think he only played like one quarter. So if you can play him a half or even three quarters, and Ezekiel Elliott only plays, what, two series maybe? If that happens, I mean, you could see McFadden get a huge workload like he was getting last season, over 20 touches, throw the matchup on the window. I don't care about the matchup at all in this one. And, I mean, if you're going to get that workload at 4,500 on field, you got to take that all day. Yeah, and, I mean, the people that are saying that Ezekiel Elliott, what he's doing is all because of is all because of the offensive line. The downgrade from Elliott to McFadden on film uh, is stunning. <laughs> Just I right, first right. say that. But he showed last year that he can get the job done behind that offensive line for sure. You mentioned the workloads he was getting. And I, I doubt the Eagles are going to care very much in this game. It's a it's it's a good spot for McFadden. If, if we think he's going to get those carries, and it certainly makes sense that that he would. Another guy that's in a good spot is Steve Smith Sr., who, in something of an emotional media session on Wednesday, announced that he's going to be retiring after the season. It it seems like a bit of narrative street, but you have to imagine the Ravens try to get him one last big game, right? Oh my gosh, man. I, I could see him getting 20 targets in this game. They're just going to pepper him the ball, pepper the ball to him. I think he's 237 yards away from passing Tim Brown on the six six on the all-time list. So I bet they just throw it to him as much as he can handle, leave him out there for every snap, just leave it all on the field. And I mean, the matchup's not great. The Bengals are playing pretty solid, solid pass defense, but I'm willing to go in on Steve Smith in this matchup, even though he had 20 yards in their pre- previous meeting earlier this season. And he looked, I mean, he looked great against the Steelers. I'm sad that he's retiring. I, I think the NFL's a better place with, with Smith in there. And I, no doubt. Uh, I don't doubt that he is going to, he's going to do all he can and they're going to do all they can to get him the ball. 
this week. So I, I'm in on that one for sure. A guy that I, I was a completely in on last week, it worked out kind of well, but it, it didn't quite get there, was Amari Cooper, who just like in his rookie season, now last season was blamed on the foot injury, but he doesn't have that to blame this season. He's struggled down the stretch. He did go over 70 yards, like I said last week, but that was his first time since week eight to do that. Do you trust him to build on that performance this week, or are you out against the Broncos? Yeah, I'm kind of out on this one. I want to see Matt McGloin get a start. I don't, I don't want to trust this passing game, especially in a, in a terrible matchup from a, a like a DVP perspective. The, the Broncos are number one against the pass. I mean, they're not going to give up completely. They still have a keep to leave Chris Harris out there, Bradley Roby. All those guys are still going to play. So, I mean, I don't, I don't love this spot at all. Like you said, he. He failed the top 60 yards receiving in his previous six games before last week, and only and he still only put up 72 last week. He's only scored two touchdowns in his past month and a half, so I'm I'm not ready to go in on Cooper this week at all. Yeah, and I because I like bad quarterbacks apparently, as we learned with Matt Moore. Although maybe Matt Moore <laughs> is not a bad quarterback, I kind of like Matt McGloin. Now, you know, full disclosure, I am a Penn State fan, so I have been with McGloin for a while, but he has overperformed wherever he's gone. I mean, he beat out. Two pretty highly recruited guys in Rob Bolden and Kevin Newsom at Penn State. He hung around as an undrafted free agent. He earned a second-round tender last offseason. He's going to be a free agent. He has the opportunity here to earn quite a bit of money and perhaps even a chance at a starting job. So if you're in a deep dynasty league, you're looking for someone like that. Mike Glennon's already gone. McGloin's not someone bad to pick up. So I've been watching him for quite some time. I have no doubt that he is going to overperform what we think we're going to, what McGloin's going to do. But, you know, it's it's the Broncos. And I, I wouldn't even like Derek Carr against the Broncos. So, so yeah, I, I agree with that completely. Uh, finally, let's let's end with Melvin Gordon, who returned to practice on Wednesday. He's, what, three yards shy of 1,000? Is, is he at 997? Yep. So it Correct. looks like he plans to play. He probably wants that 1,000 yards, which you can't blame him. But is he worth using in fantasy lineups? No, I mean, I think they're only going to push him out there just to get the thousand yards and i don't think he's going to see his normal workload that we're that we're used to just dominating every snap getting all the carries getting all the pass game work i mean even with kenneth farrell on ir they just promoted andre williams from the practice squad vomit inducing player but he's he'll probably get some run <laughs> and uh i mean i just i don't see i can't trust melvin gordon as an even a running back three in season long leagues and then especially at his price on Fanduel at 7900 there's no chance i would run him out there I'd like to apologize to Andre Williams' family for all the negative things we've written about him throughout the years <laughs> on RotoWorld.com. Uh, I'm sorry, but he's just not very good at football. And uh, and what do you do? I'm sure he's a lovely person, but uh, <laughs> he's not very good at football. All right, excellent stuff as always, Nick. Uh, Nick's comms a must-read every single week. Make sure you check it out. It's up right now or will be up shortly when you're listening to this on RotoWorld.com. You can also find Nick on Twitter, at Nick Minzio. Or I guess not anymore. Every single th- I was going to say every single Thursday on this episode of the Road to World Football Podcast. This is it, Nick. Yeah, this is it. I mean, maybe we'll do some stuff in the off season, but yeah, we'll have to get together for sure. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, thanks so much for uh, coming on, and uh, I'll talk to you in the off season, I guess. Yes, sir. And we are back with Rich Rebar. You can find him on Twitter at Lord Reeves. You can find his must-read weekly column, the worksheet, every single Wednesday 
on rotoworld.com. Thanks for coming on, Rich. Uh, what's up? Oh, we made it, Ray. Uh, week 17 is here. For most of us, the season's actually, you know, completely over. I know that you just put a bow on winning the Scott Fish Bowl, you know, which had 480 contestants, and you were the king of the hill there, so congratulations on that. Uh, but for most of us, this is just a fun, like, DFS, you know, kind of just enjoy, like, a mix of what is, like, regular season and, like, has, like, a hint of preseason vibe to it uh, the final week, you know, so we just can enjoy a little fun football and then watch it from like a fan perspective this week yeah i don't i don't think that you should play week 17 season long but week 17 dfs is is fun and i think that that'll be where a lot of our our focus here is uh today so let's get started with it with aaron Rodgers, who as it turns out is pretty good at football uh the <laughs> lions are not so great at stopping the pass it, he's like he's the top option if you were doing ranks this week He'd be at the top of your rankings, right? Yeah, I would rank him like higher than one if I could. If there's a, if we could get another <laughs> number, uh, I would put up there. Yeah, as it turns out, you know, five weeks of uh, NFL football was not the time to bury Aaron Rodgers. Uh, uh, since then, he's basically been the, the hottest fantasy quarterback by a mile uh, over his past 10 games. Rodgers has thrown 26 touchdowns, just three interceptions. He has 50 more fantasy points than the next highest scoring quarterback uh, over that span, Drew Brees. Uh, he averages 2.3 uh, fantasy points per possession. That's the most in the league and is going to be facing a Detroit team that is on the cusp of setting a new all-time record for completion percentage allowed in a season. They've allowed 72.9% of opposing passes to be completed against them. That would break the 71.2% mark uh, allowed by the 2011 Colts, uh, also attached to Jim Caldwell. Uh, you know, Rodgers has basically smashed a host of Good passing defenses too over like this current run he's on like the last month. I mean teams like I mean Minnesota faltered the week before, but I mean these are teams that have been good passing defenses throughout the season. You know Houston, uh, Minnesota, Seattle. Uh, now he's gonna get a cushy you know matchup indoors. You know to close the 2016 season, and I think that yeah, like you said, he is the pr- the primo option. You know going into this week if you can play him. I also kind of like Matthew Stafford a little bit in DFS this week. His his price is, is rightfully down because of what he's been doing on, on DFS sites. But this is one of the two games which actually matter, which both teams actually care enough about to play. They had 385 yards and three touchdowns in Green Bay the last time these two teams met. Now, that was a different Detroit offense. They were they were certainly hotter, especially from a, from a passing perspective. But I think that Stafford's going to be overlooked a little bit in this kind of fun, like you've you mentioned, it's almost like a week three preseason game kind of atmosphere. I, I think that I think Stafford's pretty interesting. So I'm, I'll, have a, I'll have a little bit of him. It, you know, one of the most interesting situations in week 17 might be in the Philadelphia backfield. They don't have anybody to play for, anything to play for, but they also don't have anybody uh, to to play in their backfield. <laughs> Ryan Matthews is now on injured reserve. Kenyon Barner's on injured reserve. Wendell Smallwood's on injured reserve. All they basically have left is Darren Sproles, an undrafted free agent, and Byron Marshall, and you know summer fantasy hype, Terrell Watson when he inevitably gets called up from the practice squad. So if you look at those options, it seems like Darren Sproles has to be the one that has a big game, right? Yeah, you, you basically touched on it. They have no bodies left except for like basically, you know, Brian, Byron Marshall, who's kind of like a hybrid receiver running back. 
and really didn't get any burn last week either. I mean, in the four games in which Darren Sproles has had at least 20% of the team touches, uh, his average scoring week has been RB21. Uh, his 1.16 points per touch leads all backs with over 100 touches on the season in PPR leagues. I mean, at home, with the Cowboys potentially, you know, shaving playing time at some point from their defense, which already isn't great. We saw Zach, what Zach Center did on uh, Monday night. I mean, Sproles probably feels like he has a solid top 20 floor uh, with the upside for a lot more, you know, depending how the playing time gets split between he and Marshall. But I think that he's a guy that's probably going to get probably at least like 60% of the touches as like a floor between that game. Uh, I don't think they're really going to give Marshall like a ton of touches, uh, but they might give him a little look. So yeah, I like Sproles this week and I like on a site like DraftKings that's full PPR. Uh, he's sitting there at 4K. Uh, that's pretty tasty, you know, which for what you can get for Sproles. No, I agree with that completely. I, I'm Another guy I'm going to be on this week because as it turns out, big target totals and big playability that tends to result in fantasy success unless you play for the Browns. And I'm sorry, Corey <laughs> Coleman, I, I'm sorry that that's happened to you. But exactly what we've seen from J.J. Nelson over the past two weeks has been you know, big plays, even being wildly inefficient. He's getting those targets. Do you think he's going to be able to continue that run this week? Yeah, I mean, Nelson's a guy, he's made a few mistakes this year. For the most part, he's made the most of his opportunities when given to him. In the four games in which he's played 70% of the snaps, he's been the wide receiver 36, the wide receiver 2, the wide receiver 26, and last week the wide receiver 13. With four touchdowns, and he's gone over 75 receiving yards three of those four games. He leads the Cardinals in targets over the past two weeks with 18. That's 27% of the team total. He leads the league in points per snap over that span. Uh, he gets a real favorable draw against EJ Gaines on the outside against the Rams this week. And um, he's a good bet to outscore Larry Fitzgerald on one catch. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like uh, J.J. Nelson uh, this week. And finally, let's finish up with Travis Kelsey, who I'm not sure if the Chiefs had been aware of this before this recent <laughs> run, but it turns out it's very, very good at football. And I think that there's a decent chance he's pretty good at fantasy football this week. What do you think? Yeah, you know, through nine weeks, we were kind of getting more of the same from Kelsey as we kind of come to know, you know, over the past two years. Uh, he had five weeks at tight end 16 or lower through nine games with fewer than 40 receiving yards in five games. Uh, since then, he's just gone nuclear. Uh, 651 receiving yards over the past six games. It's the most by any, any tight end over a six-game span in NFL history. Uh, he has five games with 100 yards or more over that span, bringing his season total to six. Uh, 600-yard receiving games have tied a, a record for a tight end of a season. Tony Gonzalez had two seasons of that, so he's got a chance to break that. And uh, he's also accounted for 30.6% of the Kansas City receiving yardage. That's the sixth highest share for any player in the NFL. Uh, the Charles, the Chargers linebackers, uh, they can be exploited more than their boundary defenders who have kind of eliminated wide receiver production, and the Chiefs don't really throw to the boundaries anyway. So, I mean, this kind of all syncs up to where Kelsey should close 2016 on basically the current run he's been on. Yeah, and as I say a lot when I talk about Kelsey on, on whatever I'm talking about him on, feed Zeus. Give him the ball. He is your best offensive player. Give him the ball. All right. Thanks for coming on, Rich. Thanks for this season. I mean, I, I guess we'll probably we'll probably hook up a little bit on this podcast for the you know in the off season at some point. But this is the last one for for the football season, and uh, I really appreciate you coming on and and dropping knowledge every week. Boom! Yeah, it was a pleasure, man. It was a, it was a good year. Hopefully, everyone had good years out there. But hey, twenty seventeen is right around the corner. We'll be drafting MFL tens in about you know six weeks here. Yeah, and I mean twenty seventeen. We'll we'll get well those ranks will be up soon. So make sure you follow <laughs> uh, Rich on Twitter at Lord Reeves. Remember you can also find him uh, Nick Minzio on Twitter at Nick Minzio. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. 
anywhere you find it. And uh, we really appreciate you listening. Talk to you later. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.